Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. show um, again you're stuck with me i'm going to start getting back to some sports topics different things that i have my opinion on maybe we're going to talk some ball we're going to talk some basketball we're going to talk nfl college you know i might do different hot takes each day one of the show one of the things that motivates me to do something like that is like the pat mcafee show you know they go on every day they talk different things um different um topics different teams different games um i'm still going to get coaches on to talk some ball i'm still going to you know, have all that good stuff going, but I want to try to do this, get more episodes put out there. I want to try to talk different things, and hopefully this might turn into um, getting guys on here to talk about those topics. I might say, hey, today, tonight I'm going to talk about X, Y, and Z. People can join me and this and that. Um, slow but surely, um, it's going to happen. Well, I, I hope it's going to happen, so we're just working towards that right now. Um, like I said, we're slowly even upgrading. Uh because I really would love to do that, get some guys and talk, and then just talk about those things. So this one's going to be a hodgepodge of different things that caught my eye. So it's about me, what I think, and hopefully they won't be as long or anything like that. Um, so one of the things I wanted, we're going to talk a little bit NFL, and then we'll talk about a little college. I know we do our college football recaps, but there's a matchup this week I'm very interested in, and then I kind of want to get into uh, college football playoffs. So today's show I'm going to discuss... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the Titans losing to the Bengals. And then I kind of want to get into, uh, New England Patriots and the Dallas Cowboys. And then we'll get into quickly some college football. I want to talk about Clemson versus Notre Dame, which I think is a big marquee matchup and Georgia, Florida. But I'll get into that when I discuss different scenarios of the college football playoff that I find, uh, very interesting to talk about, about how that's going to work, what that's going to look like. Um, and just give my opinions on how it's going to discuss. Um, so, yeah, this is just kind of what I, what I, what I want to get back into. So, uh, we're going to get right into it. Uh, and thanks, everyone, again for listening um, and sharing this out there. It's slowly growing, like I said. So, we're going to get right into it. Um, so, this week, like I said, I really want to talk about one of the things that surprised me was um, the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. They beat the Tennessee Titans, who Tennessee Titans are now sitting at 5-2, and two, and they were looking like a team here that could potentially compete for the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying they still can't, but, what, you know, good for Joe. The thing I want to talk about is Joe Burrow. Um, who knew? He, I knew he was good at LSU. I knew he was good in college. And I know that we wanted to slow the brakes a little bit on how good is he going to be, what's his ceiling. Um, it looks like his ceiling is pretty high. And for a rookie to come in, the Bengals stink. I know they're sitting there um, at 2-5-1, um, but they are just awful. They are just completely awful. But 
it shows you that Joe Burrow comes in with this confidence, this aura, and he just, I think when he took that shot, when his neck, he about lost his freaking neck. When he took that, I think that kind of showed his toughness, and his team is rallying around his toughness. They've been competing. He does make good plays. You know, he was two, He had 249 passing yards, 10, two touchdowns, and no interceptions, and he didn't get sacked. And so for a Tennessee defense to not sack him, that's pretty good. Um, I just think maybe Tennessee overlooked them. Um, Ryan Tannehill still had good numbers. He had 233 yards, two touchdowns, but he had one interception. Derrick Henry got his. He had 112 yards rushing and one touchdown. So I think the Bengals are kind of playing like we have nothing to lose. So I think they're going to start seeing them just be a little bit more loose. I think you're going to see them, you know, whatever happens, happens type of thing until they can build something around Joe Burrow. Because I know the Bengals' offensive line, besides the sacks, I'm going to contradict myself. But from watching the games that I've been able to, it looks like their offensive line was struggling. But I think they're starting to find their foot under them. I think they're calling an offense that Joe Burrow can be successful at. I know they're trying to rebuild it. Um, and then we're going to see if Joe Burrow is just going to be a one-hit wonder. Is he going to have a sophomore slump? But for right now, I think the Bengals, if you're going to play the Bengals, that's a trap game for everybody. Um, <clears throat> so I think Tennessee just overlooked them. But that was a real shocker to me because Tennessee Titans were looking to be a team to compete for the Super Bowl. You know, they were really close last year. Um, you know, when they took down the Ravens, which was a huge game, you have a defensive-minded coach. Um, to give up 31 points is not something that he wants. he is expected. And... You're out there beating up on teams. Is that no practice thing that happened for a couple weeks? Finally catching up to them because they were a little bit fresh. Now they're they're getting they're getting a little beat up. Is that a problem with it? Um, where the Bengals again just playing so much looser? They're just kind of leaving it out there. You know we have nothing to lose. We're not expected to go to the playoffs. We're not expected to do any of that. So we're just going to lay it out there. Um, I think Joe Burrow is being a leader and just good for him. Good for the Bengals. They need to to get something. And they've been so close a few years. Um, but I feel bad for Joe Burrow. I think if Joe Burrow was on the Cowboys, they would uh, be winning right now, I think. If you put Joe Burrow um, or Fitzmagic on the Cowboys, they'd be winning. I'll get to that probably here in a minute. Um, so it just looks like the Bengals are going to be a trap game for every single team. They're going to lo- overlook them. They're going to come in and play loose. They're going to come in have a chip on their shoulder, you know, if they give up some points, so be it. They think that they, with Joe Burrow and spreading the ball around their receivers, having 50-yard receivers, 60-yard receivers spread out, like here, 78, 67, and 65, they think that they can do that. Their defense plays tough. Uh, They get a 60-yard rusher here, a 30-yard rusher here, play clock control. I think that they're going to be a trap game for everybody. So that's just something that stuck out to me. You know, that was a shocker and Thanks to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think it cost me some money. I picked in my parlay the Tennessee Titans to win. So that's what I get for going against Joe Burrow, who, given about three years, and if he's still playing like this, he is going to be very good. Um, I didn't think he was going to be this good. I thought he was, I don't want to say a one-hit wonder in college, but I didn't think this was going to happen. But he's he's kind of proving that he works extremely hard, studies the game really hard, and knows what's going on. Um, so good for him and good for the Bengals organization. Uh, to be winning and get that huge win. Um, 
moving on, we're, we're going to talk about the New England Patriots. They played the Buffalo Bills, and it was a close game, you know, 7 nothing after the first quarter, Buffalo, and then it was uh, 7-6 at halftime, and then the Patriots score 8 in the third, and the Buffalo score 7 in the third. But then Buffalo comes out and scores 10, and the Patriots only score 7, so it was a close game. But the Patriots are sitting at 2-5. and five. Buffalo Bills are sitting at 6-2. and two. I was thinking the Buffalo Bills were going to compete for the Super Bowl, but they're coming back down to earth. But they're still pretty good. They're probably going to win that division. And it's going to be weird to say that the New England Patriots are not going to win that division. Um, and so, but before the season, I said the Bears should have signed Cam Newton. I mean, he doesn't have horrible numbers. He was 15 of 25, 174 yards, which is not a lot. That's like a, the Bears numbers. Um, and he was their second leading rusher at 54 yards. And so I know the Patriots had lost some players, um, due to, uh, opting out due to COVID. I know they've had some injuries and you just don't see a New England Patriots team sitting there at two and five. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Even when Tom Brady went out all those years ago with his knee, I think the Patriots still went 10 and six or 11 and five. And they didn't make the playoffs that year. They did not win their division, I believe, is kind of what happened. Or I, I believe that, but I know they went way above 500. So what's going on with the New England Patriots? Um, well, the Buffalo Bills, they're, again, I'm kind of stopped betting on them because I do same-game parlays, and I think Josh Allen's going to throw over for 200-some yards, and then he only throws for 154. Um, you're seeing the, the, the Patriots kind of go to a run. Um Offense to keep to play keep away, um, and then the Bills are just kind of inconsistent. I think they're trying to figure out their identity. I think for a while they were a pass team. Now I think they're trying to go to a run game. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be in that high playoff picture. They're still going to compete for the AFC Championship at some point. They're gonna, it's going to be very interesting. You got some lot of good teams, you know, with them and Kansas City, uh, and Tennessee, and all of them. It's going to be very interesting to see how this all. Decides to shape up. But I, you're going to look at here and think, oh, the, the New England Patriots aren't going to make the playoffs. And I think that might be the first time uh, since uh, they went 10-6 and six or whatever. I think it was uh, Matt Carroll. Was that, that his name? When Tom Brady got hurt, um, he hurt his knee. And I think that this might be the first time. And so what's going on with New England? New England? I mean, I think it's injuries. I think it's... Cam Newton was good at first, but I think, and I've said this, running quarterbacks are great, but it can't be design runs for the quarterback all the time. It can't be every time you run zone, it's a zone read where he can keep it. Um, it, it can't be a lot of that stuff, especially in the NFL where he's going to take a lot of hits and where Cam Newton um, is aging. Like, he's getting older. This isn't, you know, when he was first in the league and this and that. You still have to do things where he is established. I mean, he carried the ball nine times, which doesn't seem like a lot, but every single game throughout a 16 game year, that's a lot of hits. Um, so I think that they're getting stagnant on offense. I think they're just trying to survive the season and maybe get some wins. The defense is still, you know, playing pretty well, but it's kind of the same thing with the Bears. The Bears have a really good defense, and then their offense just doesn't produce at the same level as the defense is producing. And so with the New England Patriots, they have a defense that's really producing, that's really getting it done on certain areas. 
And then you have an offense that's trying to figure out who they are. Is Cam Newton going to be the run threat? Are they just going to play three or four tight ends and run the ball? You know, then they got to start passing the ball. Um, and Cam Newton's just not leading. He got benched the other game. And so there's just a lot of things going on in this New England Patriots organization. And now it's starting to look like, was it Bill Belichick that, you know, they were doing so well with? Or was it because it was Tom Brady? Is it a system? Um, the Buccaneers struggle against the Giants. But they won. And... So now you're starting to see, was it because of Tom Brady? But there's a lot of other things going on with the Patriots. So when people say that, you got to look at their injuries. They got to look at all the opt-outs they had due to COVID. Bill Belichick is very calculated. I know maybe he wasn't planning on this, but he's planning for something. Um, so we're going to see how long they keep Cam in there. They're, we're going to see how long this goes. If they lose another game or two, I think. They're 0-1-3 in the uh Yeah, they're 2-5. and And 0-3 when they're away. So to look at it that way, um, he's not going to last much longer if this continues. The defense, like I said, you know, it's kind of like the Bears. The defense keeps playing the way they are. I think that that, that part's fine. It's the offense they got to figure out. And Josh McDaniels, again, it goes back. He's a good play caller, or was it because of Tom Brady? Or was it because they had Randy Moss? Or was it because of this? Or was it because of that? But I think it is blasphemous to say, some people are saying Bill Belichick isn't coaching well, or it's always the players. It was never Bill Belichick. Yes and no. In the NFL, there is coaching involved. I think there's more coaching in college, but in the NFL, there is coaching. But you have these players that can coach on the field. You can't tell me that, <clears throat> excuse me, that when you call an offense, that a quarterback's not going to check to something because they're seeing the field. You can't tell me that on a defense you're calling something, but they're able to like adapt and do things on their own at a linebacker's uh, perspective and this and that. So they're able to do those things because they are professionals. They're there for a reason. They watch the film. They understand it, especially the New England Patriots. So we're going to see. This is very intriguing. I don't know what's going to happen with them. I don't even know if they're going to compete for a wild card. You know, a lot of teams are good. You know, I think the Patriots were always good. And then there were some good teams, and sometimes they get them. You know, the Patriots, and they were up here. Well, now they just kind of stayed there, and then they lose some players. And these other teams have been building. They've finally gotten there. The Buffalo Bills finally gotten there. Um, they're playing pretty well. You know, everyone loves to watch them. I love to watch them. And so very interesting to see these Patriots. They don't have a lot of these all-star studs anymore. They don't have these big-time names. I think Cam Newton's the biggest one. Um, Rex Burkhead, Burkhead is one I recognize. James White is still there, but he's struggling running the ball. And, you know, they just have a lot of things going on in that New England Patriots organization. And then the big one, Dallas Cowboys. What is going on with the Dallas Cowboys? Well, we know that. Prayers for Dak Prescott. He, he, um, you know, had that horrific injury that I think we all saw live. I saw it live, and I had to stand up and run out of the room. I was like, oh, my God. Seeing it live, I knew something. The moment I saw it go the one way, I was like, yep, that's it. Um, so then they bring Andy Dalton in, and he gets destroyed. I don't know how that football, that, that guy that hit him only got fined like $12,000. Are you kidding me? You killed him. You about literally killed him. He did not move. There's just something wrong with the Cowboys. I was texting Coach West about it. I said, if you put all that talent from the Dallas Cowboys on the Chicago Bears um, and we get some better play calling and do some unique things like we did in 2018... Um, I think we'd be only have one loss. I mean, Dak Prescott is still the leading passer. Um, 
I think it, he's the leading passer in the NFL still. He he threw for 1,856 yards before he went out. But they're struggling. They're struggling to get the run game going. Mike McCarthy's the first-year head coach there. And so I thought he was a good hire. Um, you know, just a, a, I don't want to say if he was established, but he's been a head coach. I know he had Brent Favre and he had Aaron Rodgers. But I thought, okay, that's a safe hire. He's been a head coach. He knows how organizations work. But again, we were going to find out, was it Aaron Rodgers? Was it Brent Favre? Or does Mike McCarthy know a little bit about offense? And we're slowly starting to see he's losing the team. I hear the locker room's not very good, so he needs to take control of that. And they got to figure something out. Now they're on their third-string quarterback, so I know that's going to be a reason or excuse, but they need to coach them up because Andy Dalton, with the concussion protocol and everything and injuries, he's going to be out, so they have to go... I think, I'll get to this in a second, I'm getting ahead of myself. You have Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, um, Lamb, who's a good wide receiver, um, and uh, Gallup, he's another good wide receiver. You have all these receivers, I don't know how they weren't, they were so close. I think Dak Prescott is good. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he is as good as everyone thinks he is, but he's a good quarterback. Like, the way Nick Foles and all of them are playing, I would love to have Dak Prescott, uh, Dak Prescott on the Bears. <clears throat> I think that's how good he can be, especially when you have those receivers. Now, again, you give Andy Reid on the, Chicago, or on the Dallas Cowboys, I think they're winning because of his play calling, and he can adapt that. So Mike McCarthy first, I think, needs to win the locker room back. There is something going on there. That, you know, reports are saying that, you know, players are getting in arguments. You know, he's got to control it. It is not going well. You have a lot of talent with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I know offensive line is struggling. They're, they have some injuries, I believe. Um, so they need to get back to running the football, I think. Ezekiel Elliott, he only has like 500. He has 521 rushing yards in week, you know, in eight games. And that's not good. Amari Cooper has 588 receiving yards for the team. And that's just not good. It's just not a good thing. Um, for all that talent, Mike McCarthy has to sit there and say, okay, what can this team do? What are we struggling with? What do we need to practice on? But you have to win the locker room back. Um, and he's on a short leash probably. I think that if this continues the rest of the year, does Jerry Jones sit there and consider firing him right off the bat after one year? I know that might look bad, but I think he's on a hot seat. Then after next year, if it continues, he's gone. And they're going to have to figure it out. And it goes back to recycling these coaches. You got to get some fresh blood, you know. And this is your test. Was it because of Aaron Rodgers or Brent Favre? I think it was because of Brent Favre and Aaron Rodgers that Mike McCarthy was able to win with the Packers. And it's showing because if it was because of you, and I know Dak Prescott got hurt and the offense had was scoring and they were doing okay, and now it's kind of gone downhill. But if it was because of you, and you have all this talent. You shouldn't be sitting there at two and six. And the NFC East is just a dumpster fire. It's terrible. It is awful. Like that I didn't even want to watch the Cowboys play the Eagles. That was the the, the, the toilet bowl. Cause they're only scoring twenty three point one points a game, but they're giving up thirty three, so the defense isn't playing like it used to. Um they're just, they're just struggling all over. I don't want to read all the stats off. They're just struggling all over the place. And without Dak Prescott, it's going to get worse. But you would think, okay, we're going to run the ball. We're going to lean on Ezekiel Elliott. Well, ever since he got paid, he got his money. And now all of a sudden, he's just like, I don't want to play no more. I don't want to play anymore. It just seems like it seems like he is not interested. It seems like he is 
checked out because he got his money. Um, and he's not getting the blocking. I know that, but it just seems like he is just checked out. Just checked out. So Mike McCarthy's got a lot of work to do. He's got to win the locker room back. They have to come together as a team. And I think that he's going to have to go. He's the play caller, I believe. So he's going to have to look at the offense and say, okay, what can we do? We have a third-string quarterback. We have Ezekiel Elliott. We have these wide receivers we need to get the ball to somehow. If you were as good of a coach as you think you were in the Packers and as good as Jerry Jones thought you were when he hired you, it's it's time now. It's, it's put up or shut up, and it's time to step up and see – what kind of play caller you are, and what kind of coach you are. So that's just my two cents on that. So moving on from the NFL to college, um, I just want to talk about one marquee matchup, and then I kind of want to talk about the college football playoff. Um, We'll have our college football recap show on Sunday with me and Brad, and surprise guest Nathan West may hop on with us again. Who Who knows? He was on there with us Sunday, and I know he's going to pay attention to the games that we're watching too as well, so it's going to be fun to get him on there. I know it was a long show, but we tried to go live for that. And uh, so look out for that. But I, I found this very interesting because I talked about it on there with Brad and then I thought about it. And then um, it was brought up on Chief Pigskin's show last night on YouTube. And I think one of the, there's two big marquee matchups. That's Florida, Georgia, where I don't know. I, I haven't seen the report. I think Dan Mullen may get suspended for a part of it or something. I know there was the brawl with Missouri, but Florida looks pretty good. Georgia looks pretty good, so this can be a marquee game. They both have one loss, so whoever loses this game is probably not going to be featured in the college football playoff. So if Georgia wins, I think Florida sending those two losses is out of the college football playoff. If Florida wins and beats Georgia and Georgia gets those two losses, I think that Florida kind of sneaks themselves back into that conversation. But I think that um, then Georgia said that those two losses are completely out of the college football playoff. But the big one, I think, is Clemson and Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson goes to Notre Dame to play. Um, I think this is the ACC championship game. This is the first time Notre Dame is playing, quote-unquote, in the ACC conference. Uh, Clemson had to come from 18 points down last week against Boston College. Um, Trevor Lawrence did not play, and he is already, I believe, it's already been ruled that he is not going to play against Notre Dame. Uh, But that freshman quarterback, Came in through for over 300-some yards against Boston College. They did fine, and I said on the college football recap. Clemson has a lot of talent. They're going to focus on the run game, which will open up the pass game for the freshman quarterback. Um, he's going to have another week of practice under his belt. So I said it's going to go one of two ways. He's going to have so much practice that it's going to be good for him. Dabo Sweeney and that staff is a really good staff. He's going to be prepared. Or is it going to go the other way where... You have this practice. All this pressure now is coming down upon you. You go out there because we've seen this. We've seen where quarterbacks get to come in and play. Like a quote-unquote Nick Foles came in against the Atlanta Falcons. Played really, really well. He becomes the starter. Had more week of practice. And then, boom, here we are. We've seen that with a lot of other quarterbacks when they have to play, come in for a game or something, and then now they become the starter, and then it doesn't work out so well. Is that going to happen? I don't think so, but I think there is that possibility. And now Notre Dame has film on that quarterback. So they're able to game plan because Notre Dame doesn't have a terrible defense. I know they really, I don't want to say they haven't played anybody, but they really haven't played anybody. It's not like they're playing SEC, like they're not playing those type of teams. But Notre Dame has a big defense. They have a stout defense. It's a bend-don't-break type of defense. 
They will give a little bit of yards. They try to keep everything in front of them. They disguise a little bit, but they don't fully disguise it. Um, so having more film on this quarterback is going to be huge. And then I think halftime adjustments, because that's kind of what happened with Clemson. And it shows how good their coaching staff is and how confident the players are. Because Boston College, they were giving them their best, was giving Clemson their best shot. Um, it could have been their trap game, uh, but Dabo then went in at halftime and made big time adjustments, and Boston College didn't. And that may be, and I could be completely talking out of my uh, butt here, but that could come down to it. It could be close in the first half, whether it's Clemson up by seven or ten, or Notre Dame tied with them or something. Who knows? I have no idea. Clemson could come out and torch them, and I'm sitting here looking back saying, Steve, you are a complete idiot. But it could be close, and then it's going to come to halftime. Who's going to make adjustments? And I trust Dabo Sweeney more than I do Kelly. Kelly, I'm not the biggest fan of at Notre Dame. I, I've watched Notre Dame. A part of me does root for him a little bit. I'm not a Notre Dame fan. I just watch teams, and Notre Dame just always ends up on my TV, and it has for a couple years. And so I kind of root for him a little bit. Kelly, I'm not the biggest fan of. I know they win games, but they don't have as tough schedule as others. But they have an okay schedule. Um, it's not a soft one, but it's not hard either. Um, but it's hard to deny what he's done there. I'm just not the biggest fan. So I think it comes down to halftime adjustments of if it's a close game, who's going to adjust? So if Kelly and them come out and adjust, it might be a closer game than everyone thinks. Um, I know it was talked about how Clemson scored 70 on Georgia Tech. And Notre Dame only scored like 38, I think. Something like that. But Clemson scored a lot of points with Trevor Lawrence being a quarterback. So people need to forget about that. Or need to remember that. Um, right here it shows, I think, 65.9% um, so far is leaning towards Clemson winning. And 34.1% for Notre Dame. I do think Clemson could win. Um... But I think Notre Dame could make it interesting if they have the film on quarterback and they opened up their playbook ever since LSU. I was very critical on them. They just ran the same play over and over. But if they run the ball, play clock control, keep it away from Clemson, which Notre Dame can, they have some big offensive line. They've got big tight ends. Now the biggest thing is, do they have any threats on the outside? Can they take deep shots and stuff like that? If Clemson knows they're going to try to run the ball, they're going to take it away. So then now Notre Dame has to create plays. On the outside, they have to make big-time plays. Do they have the guys to do that? I don't know. Notre Dame could come in and be really, really pumped up to say, we finally need to beat Clemson. But I think Clemson could win. Because right now, Clemson is averaging 46.1 yards, or 46.1 points a game. Notre Dame's only scoring 34.8, but Notre Dame runs the ball more. But Clemson's only is giving up 15.6 points a game. Notre Dame's only giving up 10.3. So like I said, their defense is playing really tough. Total yards, Clemson gets 508 yards a game. Notre Dame with 437.2 yards a game. But right here, it comes down to the pass game. Clemson throws it. They've averaged 341 point yards passing and 166 points. I don't even want to say the number. 166 yards uh, rushing. Notre Dame does 206.2 yards passing a game, but then they'll rush for 231 yards a game. Uh, Clemson's only given up 274.7 yards a game, and Notre Dame's given up 267.2 yards a game. 
Notre Dame only allows 93.7 rush yards and 173.5 passing yards. Clemson gives up 174 passing yards and 99.9 rush. So it looks like a tale of Notre Dame has a stout defense, a decently defense. And Clemson's got this offense, so it's coming down to, you know, you got this really good offense coming in and this good defense are going to collide. But you've got this offense coming in who had to play catch-up with a freshman quarterback coming in again. Now, if Trevor Lawrence was playing, I don't know if this is quite a discussion. I think I would sit here and say Clemson is going to win by 17 to 28 points. So I think this is going to be a better game than what we think, but it's going to come down to coaching. It's going to come down to how well does Notre Dame's defense play, and it's going to come down to what does Notre Dame do on offense. If they can get the ball running the ball, they're going to they're going to compete. I'm not kidding when I say look at their offensive line when you watch them and look at the tight ends. I saw when they play Georgia Tech. I know it's Georgia Tech. They're not very good. They ran a zone an inside zone play. I couldn't tell if it was like inside zone or like an ISO, but the wall that was created with those tight ends, they had two or three tight ends in there. It was beautiful, and they got into the end zone. So it's going to come down to stuff like that. So I want to talk about that. That's really interesting to me. It's going to be a good game. Uh, you can check it out. What is it, 6.30 p.m. on Saturday? It's going to be a good one. Um, and then just to put this out there to get people to think about, we're talking about the college football playoff. So you got different scenarios, and I'm going to go by the top of my head. So we're talking about, I think, if Clemson goes undefeated, which they should. If they beat Notre Dame, they're going to go undefeated. And I think we can all admit that Alabama's going to go undefeated. Unless Auburn gets them. But I think even if Auburn gets them, Clemson get, or, uh, Notre, or Alabama gets in. So let's just put in there Clemson and Alabama. They're in the college football playoff. That's probably who's going to end up in the national championship. But that's let's just put them in there. Well, then we're talking about who we're going to put in after that. So let's say... Ohio State goes 8-0. If the Big Ten can get their crap together, they're getting some COVID tests, especially with Wisconsin. I don't think, as of right now, Wisconsin and Purdue games are going to get canceled. Illinois is getting some COVID tests, but they're going to continue to play. I don't know why. Um, so we're looking at Clemson and Alabama. Then let's say Ohio State goes 8-0. But you have Texas A&M and Georgia sitting there with one loss, and you've got a BYU team that's undefeated. So let's say you put in Ohio State because they're 8-0. Okay. Then you got BYU sitting there undefeated. And I'm going to read off BYU's schedule for people to think at home. BYU played Navy, and they won 55-3. Troy, 48-7. Louisiana Tech, 45-14. UTSA 27-20, Houston 43-26, Texas State 52-14, Western Kentucky 41-10. They still have to play Boise State this week, which if they can beat Boise State big, they play Northern Alabama, they got to win big, San Diego State big, then I believe they're going to play Army again. So if they can beat Army, I think that's kind of going to be legitimate. So let's say they go 11, I think they're playing 11 games. So if they go 11-0, they're sitting there at 11-0. But you have Texas A&M and Georgia sitting there at 9-1. I think the SEC is playing 10 games. Let's just say. Let's just say. I don't know if they're going to do an SEC championship. I have no idea. I think they are, but who knows. Let's just say Texas A&M and Georgia are sitting there at not, both at 9-1. So now it comes out between those two of who you're going to put in there. 
And the reason why I'm saying them is because I'm not even going to consider the Pac-12. I know Oregon's supposed to be good, but guess what? You came into the party late. You're going to play six games. You sit there at six and zero. If a six and zero Pac-12 team gets in before BYU, that's sitting there at ten and zero or eleven and zero, I'm going to lose it because they deserve that shot. I think because of what's going on this year. Because Texas A&M is not going to play Georgia, so this is where it kind of comes down to: if Georgia beats Florida. Texas A&M beat Florida. Texas A&M lost to Alabama. Georgia lost to Alabama. So now we have Alabama, Clemson. You're probably going to put Ohio State in there if they're 8-0. But then it comes down to, are you going to put one of those two teams in because their losses to Alabama? Or are you going to put in a BYU team? What if Coastal, I, I don't know, Coastal Carolina I'm a fan of, and they're probably going to feed. If they're going to feed, I don't think they get in because they don't have the same type of schedule that BYU does. No offense, I love Coast Carolina, I love their offense. I love their attitude. I love how they're playing. I don't think you put them in. So that's for everyone to think about. I think I don't I kind of don't want to see Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia again. I think that was kind of what it was a few years ago. Or was that Oklahoma? Because Alabama had to play Georgia in the national championship, and that's where Tua came in and had to throw that pass. And they won the national championship. Um I kind of don't want to see that. So a part of me is like, just throw BYU in there. It could be Clemson and Alabama, Ohio State if they go 8-0, and BYU. Now if Ohio State goes 7-1, and are they even in the conversation? Is that where maybe you can put Clemson and Alabama? But then Let's say you got 7-1 and Ohio State. Do you put in Texas A&M and Georgia? So now we have an SEC playoff besides uh, Clemson. Then again, here, make it, I'm going to make it more interesting. If anybody out there listens, even if it's just five people to get you to think about this, let's say Notre Dame only loses to Clemson. Some people have called me crazy and say, don't even talk about putting Notre Dame in there because they lost to Clemson. But what if that's their only loss? And it comes down to the Texas A&M-Georgia thing. I know they're playing an SEC schedule, but if Notre Dame only loses to Clemson. So now you have Clemson and Alabama undefeated. They're in. I'm not even going to talk about them. Now you got Texas A&M sitting at 9-1. Georgia with one loss. Notre Dame with one loss. And Texas A&M and Georgia have both lost to Alabama, who is probably number one, number two team in the nation. Notre Dame, who lost the one game to Clemson, who's number one in the nation. Who do you put in? Who do you put in? And then you got BYU sitting there undefeated. And I don't even talk about the Pac-12. If Oregon goes 6-0, that's fantastic. You do not deserve to go to the playoff because these other teams have played. I know you can't control that, but I don't think that's fair. If you're 6-0 and then BYU is 11-0 and you put them in because they're the Pac-12, I just don't even want to see it. I don't care. I'll argue with anybody or debate that with anybody. So it's kind of interesting to think about. I think that it could be Alabama, Clemson, and then we're just going to see how the season plays. I think it needs to be BYU and either Ohio State, Texas A&M, or Georgia. Just kind of depends how the season plays out. I could see it being more of a Georgia or Ohio State more than Texas A&M. Because Texas A&M, it, it depends here. They play South Carolina, Tennessee, Old Miss, LSU, and Auburn. So South Carolina could squeak out of there. I think Texas A&M could beat Tennessee. 
I never know with Old Miss. LSU is so down. I think Texas A&M might be able to pull that one out. And then Auburn. Auburn's got some confidence now. So I don't know. Texas A&M could lose another game. If they do, they're completely out of the conversation. Georgia plays Florida. So if Georgia loses to Florida, they're out of the conversation. And then this has just been a waste of my time. If Georgia beats Florida, then they play Missouri, who I think Georgia can win. I hate to say it because I love Mike Leach. Georgia going in to play Mississippi State. Georgia can win. Georgia could beat South Carolina, and Georgia can beat Vanderbilt. So, Georgia, if they can beat Florida, then they're going to probably win out and be in that conversation to be in the college football playoff. But it's just going to be interesting. BYU, if they sit there at 11-0, and they just have to win big. And that's going to be the pressure for BYU. They have to win by, like, 28, 30-some points. If they can beat Army by 20-some, 30 points and all the other teams, they should be in the conversation to be in the playoff undefeated. But if Notre Dame only loses to Clemson, or what if Notre Dame beats Clemson? If Notre Dame beats Clemson and then wins out, they have to get in the college football playoff. So now you're talking about Notre Dame, Alabama, Clemson. Now you only got one spot. BYU undefeated, Texas A&M at one loss, or Georgia at one loss. Something to think about, guys. It's just something I wanted to talk about. Something I might bring up on the college football playoff on Sunday. Or college football recap. So just kind of interesting. Again, I kind of like talking about this stuff, just me rambling on. And this is what I want to get to. I want to talk about this stuff. And if people listen and want to send me messages to talk about it or get on and talk, that's what I want. I want it. That's what my envision was for this show, this podcast, way back when. So please think about those college football playoffs. Let's talk about it. It's very interesting. I know we have to wait. And we all hate the what-if game, but this is what I love talking about. We're, we're in COVID. We don't have football. This is what I'm going to talk about. So this is kind of what I want to go to. So guys out there, thank you so much for listening. Give you something to think about this college football stuff. Um, stay safe. Go listen to the other coaches I have on the show. We're getting some other great ones on. You guys want to join me to talk about anything at all, let me know, and we will make it happen. So guys out there, stay safe, and I'll see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.